Today is Wednesday, June 24th, 2020, and welcome back to another episode here on the Sports Talk Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Zucala, and uh, yes, your eyes are not deceiving you. That is the title, and that is true to what's happening in our world right now for this episode. The MLB is back, and that's what we're going to get into our first segment here. Now, I'm going to be very honest with you. Besides the first few segments in the, the today's podcast and Monday's podcast, the first segments, there's really not much going on because now it's just more of the preparation to coming back. So last episode was the shortest one yet. I think it was like 45 minutes because there's nothing really, there's not a lot going around. And then today in our first segments, obviously it's this first segment's going to be the biggest one. We have the MLBs back and we're going to talk about what that entails and what the players are thinking and, uh, how will the schedules be set up and uh, you know all the all the details that went down uh, last night and then in our second segment I thought it'd be fun you know honestly I was making this art I was making this script today and it was just all over the place it was a lot of what do I do here or like you know it was just kind of like what do I write what do I put down and enlightenment enlightenment of the draft lottery this coming Friday I'll have more on Friday. I thought about putting the draft library stuff in today, but I said, no, no, I'll wait till Friday's episode for that. In light, enlightenment of that, I'm going to put, I have two top tens I'm going to do, just kind of discuss of what I think. Um, so that's going to be kind of the NHL segment. Hopefully that's longer than 10 minutes, I'm hoping. I'm pretty sure it will because I have some pretty strong opinions. And then our third segment, we have some NBA news about uh, the first, well, one of the first players sitting out and who could their replacement be. And finally, we're going to end off with uh, TFC and one of their star players is back uh, after quarantine doing their individual training. So that's big there. So it's, it's going to be kind of a short episode. Uh, not going to lie. But uh, once again, like I said, it's now all just preparation. It's all, you know, just what the only news we'll hear is, you know, uh, this is going to happen here. You know, here's some more details entailing this. I d- although I did not, I am an idiot. I did not put the NHL, how they cut out a lot of the other cities too. Actually, I might put that in just after this. I might just write it in. But anyways, so uh, let's get right into this episode, man. I'm excited. The baseball's back. Uh, let's do it. Okay, so uh, over the past three weeks, it's been an absolute roller coaster of a ride between the MLBPA and the MLB. I've called it the ping pong match. Apparently, the rally is over. Uh, it's game, set, and match. Uh, the winner, everyone. Baseball's back, ladies and gentlemen. Who would have thought? Last week, I literally said they have their, 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 their time's running out and they have to figure something out. Uh, if they don't figure it out and within the end of mid-July, they're not playing. And they figured it out last night. Major League Baseball issued a 60-game schedule Tuesday night that will start on July 23rd or July 24th. That's how quick this is coming back. This isn't like the NHL who announced this in May and then they're playing 
at the start of August. No, no, no. This is next month. This is one month from now. They'll be playing in empty state, empty ballparks as the sports as sports tries to push ahead uh, amid the coronavirus following months of uh, like just drama, just a lot of BS. A dramatically altered season with games full of new rules was the final result of failed financial negotiations. But for fans eager to see any baseball this year, at least now they could look forward to opening day, as that is uh, me, honestly, in a lot of aspects. I have been sitting here, in well, not the whole time, but I've been in my office doing this podcast. And you know how many times I've ranted about the MLB? You could probably go back to multiple episodes where I said, mm, this MLB ping pong match is in trouble. You know, and I, ha- I had a good the chuckles a few times, a lot of giggles because how stupid this is. But listen, now we, now we can just look ahead. The announcement by, by the MLB came while more players continued to test positive for the virus, at least seven on the Philadelphia Phillies alone. And a stark realization remained. What if health situations uh, deteriorate? All games could, could be wiped out. What happens when we all get it? Milwaukee's pitcher Brett Anderson tweeted Monday. One day after the Players Association rejected an economic agreement and left open the possibility of, of a grievance seeking hundreds of millions of dollars in damages, the bickering sides agreed on an operations manual. Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred, when an, uh, an, hold on, when he opposed the schedule, his right under a March agreement with the union. Hmm. Uh, yeah, about actually testing, but it has been notified today, and I, I could have put it in the you know i could put it in the what i missed but i, I kind of read it before is that a, a, they said a number of blue jay staff and players have tested positive for covid19 so that's not good in a twist the size expanded to expanded the designing of a hitter to games between the national league teams for the for the first time and instituted the radical innovation of starting extra innings with the runner on second base. So yes, this is huge now. Now, once again, will these only last for this year? Probably. Uh, but the designated hitter to the National League that has been talked about for multiple, multiple years, uh, it should be in both leagues, honestly, because uh, it's kind of just a, a dumb rule. Like really, they're not like if you really if you go back in time, the National League and American League, they're different leagues. They just happen to be under the same like bubble of a league you know what i mean but now they're more conferences you know what i mean like it's now it's now like saying the eastern conference and the western conference for the mlb even though they're not there's teams that are not like that right uh but it they're not leagues anymore like yeah you could you could win the american league pennant but that's you could also win the eastern conference championship like it's it's there's no big change you know so that's that's what I that's why I always thought they should bring it back because the the, the leagues are not uh they're not separate anymore. They're like they like they used to be. Uh like that's really the one of the only rules that's different between the American League and National League is that. Like one of the only rules left that are still not changed to be, you know, the same. So, I mean, like it doesn't make sense to me of why it never changed in the first place, but whatever. But then the runner on second base, I mean, to be honest with you, that's going to be very, very neat and very. I would, I'm going to love to see how that is strategically going to happen because that could cause for a lot of 
that could, that could a lot of things could happen there. Uh, and th- it could either mean that they they're trying to make um, extra innings go faster, but in the way you could also see it go longer. Because if you if each team, because obviously the strategy here is put your fastest player on second, right? That just that's just facts of what you do as a manager. What if, but like every inning he scores, and then the, uh, the home team scores, and then just I mean it could go. I feel like extra innings could go even longer here. Extra innings, like honestly, I don't know how like the, what the average number is. I'm just gonna throw out a number. I don't know for sure, but. The average extra inning game only goes maybe I'm going to say average two or three over. So putting in a runner on second base, I feel like the average might go up here. Personally, I see what their idea is. I understand the fact that they want, you know, having a runner will give them more of a chance to score. But it. I might be wrong. Who knows? I might be terribly wrong. But I could definitely see extra innings now going maybe five innings. Because it could just be repeat. Runner on second, comes home. Next half inning. Runner on second, comes home. Next half. And the team, the, the same thing keeps happening. And I feel like the extra innings go longer. But who knows, right? I'll have to wait and see. Playoff teams will remain though at ten for now. There's still talk for a possible expansion. The uh, as they as they rejected the deal earlier, uh, one of the rejected earlier, one of the earlier uh, proposals had sixteen teams. Um, I mean that would be pretty interesting, and that could give teams lots of chances. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty. Uh, I mean they're just going to keep it as it is, and you know I'm fine with that. Although everyone likes it when there's more right so all right so then players will start reporting for the resumption on training of training on july 1st uh it seems to it 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 remains to be seen which players will report back to work high-risk individuals are allowed to opt out and and still receive salary and service time but others who sit out uh get either money nor the service credit uh, uh needed for eligibility for free agency and salary arbitration. So I'm very sorry, guys. I'm actually trying to find the stat I saw earlier on Instagram. I think it's here. Yeah, okay, I got it. I got it. Okay, now let's continue. So so basically they're saying that the players who are in high-risk areas or high, or possibly high-risk corona uh, or the ones that come down with it, they could say, I'm not playing – I don't want that, you know, but then the ones who are not, who who don't have it, or like if they're living in North Dakota, that barely gets anything. Why would they be in North Dakota in the first place? I don't know. But if they go there, they will not get paid and not get service time. So each team will play 10 games against each of its four divisional rivals and 20 total games against the five clubs in the corresponding regional division in the other league. Uh, that was uh, that was obtained by the Associated Press. Uh, so that means for all my Blue Jays fans out there, the Blue Jays will play this. The Yankees 10 times. The Red Sox 10 times. The Rays 10 times. The Orioles 10 times. They'll play the Phillies 6 times. And then the 14 remaining games will be divided up between the Mets, Nats, Braves, and Marlins. Let me just break that down for you. The Yankees. Powerhouse 
American League team. I don't think I have to go further than that. The Red Sox, uh, they're on the bubble. They're not. They're not. You know, I wouldn't say they're a World Series contender or a cha- or a ALCS contender. I could say more of a wild card contender. So they have a chance to make the playoffs. I mean, everyone's team does, but that's just their skill wise makes it seem like that. The Rays should be the second best AL East team this year. So therefore, another you know playoff hopeful there. The Orioles, you could just you know, those games. Honestly, the Jays will have the worst luck against the Orioles. I think we did terribly against them last year, but I'm not going to get too much into that. It's the Orioles. If, for anyone who's seen baseball over the past two years or the standing in the past two years, you'll understand what I'm talking about, what I mean by it's just the Orioles. The Phillies, Bryce Harper. The Phillies, I feel like, have a chance to make some damage this year in the NL, so I'm not going to count them out as a, you know, I could see him as a, you know, top, th- you know what I mean? Like, it's just going to be one of those, uh, you know, a, a good team. I'm just going to go with a good team there. Then, the 14 remaining games, like I said, will be divided up between the Mets, could do some damage this year, the Nats, World Series champion, probably going to be a better team this year, the Braves, I think they, did they win the NL East last year? I think so, eh? Yeah, the NL East champions, you know, they have the strong young core, that is going to be one hell of a that, that that's going to be one hell of a series games those games Albies uh uh Acuna Freddie Freeman and you got in the Blue Jays Biggio Bichette I mean Freddie's not old but you know what I mean Guerrero Jr that's going to be a heavy hitting matchup right there just on its own and then you got the Marlins who it's the same as the Orioles they're just the Marlins. So, so I would say for the Blue Jays, one, two, three, four, five, six, and then the Red Sox, maybe even seven, seven of the, you know, seven of those opponents, they're going to be tough. So unless the playoffs did expand to 16 teams, I'd say the Jays could have a chance, but I don't know. I saw an article on Sportsnet today and it was like five things that need to go right for the Jays or something like that, or five Five, uh, hang on. I can now get rid of the stat line here. Hang on. I'm going to find it because I know, I know I saw it today. Oh, and my Wi-Fi down. Oh, no, it's going to, it's going to cooperate with me today. Downstairs in my office. I don't get the best Wi-Fi on my phone. Five ways the Blue Jays players benefit from the return. I don't know. I haven't read much into it, but I don't know if that's going to entail, uh, season wise, standing wise, or just playing wise. So I have to say on that. I mean, one of them could be. At least we get a year with Guerrero because we have him until 2026. So, whatever. All right, let's continue. This will be the MLB shortest season, though, uh, since 1887 or 1878. That's over 100 and over 140 years or 50 years ago. Like Jesus. I mean, that's when they probably only have like three teams, four teams still. But a schedule of which such. Uh, Brevity, uh, that some fans may question the legitimacy of stats and records. Yeah, I I will agree with that because I saw on TV or I saw a video somewhere saying someone said if this person beats Ted Williams' batting average record, it you can't really count it because 
they didn't play as many games as Ted Williams did that year. You know, you, you see what I'm getting at here? And, you know, it's going to be the same with... Uh, uh, the same with uh, ERA. You know, if they beat that ERA, I for, I forget which what the guy the the record is, but then you can't really you can't really count because the pitchers it's a it's a sixty game season, and then in a one hundred and twenty game season or one hundred and sixty pitchers are average around thirty games played, twenty five. I don't know. So in a sixty, some pitchers might only get. You know, say if, say if, um, so they play 60 games and say there's five pitchers in a rotation, that's 12 starts. Average 12 starts. So you, there, there could be a pitcher that goes, has an ERA of one something, and that would just be dumb, right? So you guys could, I, listen, I don't think this year should be kind of all that, like, the record stuff, unless it's like a personal record, then yeah, okay, it counts. But more of league records, mm, going to be tough to agree. Well, but no matter what, the season will be among the most unusual ever for a sport that takes pride in in the race for titles being a marathon and not a sprint. Uh, as we know, Washington started 19-31 and 31 and 27-33 and 33 last year, but finished off 93-69 and 69 during a wildcard spot and then won the World Series title last year for the first time. There's a lot more pressure because in a 60-game schedule, I think that you have 25% more teams that can compete. Uh, that had no idea that they were going to compete for 162 games, said Hall of Fame pitcher John Smoltz, who is now a broadcaster. I think he's with the Braves. The trade deadline will be August 31st, so about a month after, so around 30 games. And the deadline uh, to be in an organization for postseason eligibility is September 15th. Teams can resume making trades on Friday when rosters will no longer be frozen. So you might be starting to see MLB trades happen uh, over the weekend. Active rosters will be 30 players during the first two weeks of the season, 28 during the second two, and 26 after that. As we know, uh, the teams were going to start with 24, 25 players this year, and then only they were going to allow one or two more players uh, for the uh, expanded rosters. So it's really, they're moving the expanded rosters expanded rosters you know they're going to expand the rosters at the at the start of the year then less at the end with no minor leagues teams will be allowed to retain 60 players each including a taxi squad up to three players from a taxi squad can travel with the team uh, to a game and one of the three must be a catcher so that's pretty interesting there MLB is keeping the planned innovation that pitchers must face three batters to finish a half inning that's a new rule this year Players refused to agree a year ago, but also waived their right to block. Uh, the injury list minimum for pitchers will remain 10 days rather than uh, re- rather than revert to 15, as initially intended. Uh, public opinion shredded both sides as they locked in a ferocious financial battle during the pandemic that has led to more than 1,200,000 uh, deaths and 2.3 million infections in the U.S., and a uh, and led up to a 14.7% unemployment rate, the highest since the Great Depression. When, well, not 100 years ago. Am I stupid? 90 years ago. That's 90 years ago. Right? Yeah. And will be hoped uh, to be the first U.S. Major League to return at first with an 82-game schedule starting around the 4th of July. But sniping, but, 
sniping broke out between management and players who distrust teams' claims of economic losses following the years of franchise appreciation. MLB claimed that without game-related revenue, it would lose uh, $6,400,000 for each additional regular season game, a figure that the union disputed. I kind of disputed that too, but I don't really care now because uh, I'm going to see baseball. MLB became uh, exasperated with the union's leadership team headed by former all-star first baseman, Tony Clark and Bruce Meyer, a litigator hired in August, 2018 Manfred and deputy commissioner Dan Halem were frustrated when Clark said he considered the the result of a one-on-one meeting with Manfred last week a proposal rather than what MLB termed a framework for a deal. Rather than play 162 games over 186 games, the season will be 60 games over 66 or 67 days, depending on whether there is nas- there's, there's a nas- nationally televised Thursday night opener. It is scheduled to end September 27th, which leaves little margin to make up September's rainouts. Uh, MLB insisted it needed to complete the World Series in October, avoiding any second wave with the virus that's already started. Players are being given staggered reporting reporting times over several days for intake screening. The time will be used for coronavirus testing ahead of the resumption of workouts, which were stopped March 12th due to the pandemic. Because of, because of an uptick in infections in Florida and Arizona's summer heat, 28 teams are currently leaning toward uh, training their regular season ballparks. Detroit remained uh, partial to Lakeland, Florida, and Toronto was hoping to gain governmental per- permission to work out at Rogers Center. Uh, Toronto in the in the GTA area, like I mentioned in the podcast, if you, I don't know if it was the last one or the one before, how they were all that open. They opened up, I think, yesterday. Phase 2 opened up uh, for all of Ontario now, or for most of it, if not all of it. Uh, so I, I could see the Blue Jays even getting a bit more of a upburst for training at the Rogers Center uh, this coming July 1st. Under terms of the deal, the sides reached on March 26th, which has, which was to have been opening day, players would receive prorated portions of their salaries if the 60-game schedule is not cut short by the virus. Salaries originally totaled $4.4 billion, and the prorated portion is about 37% reduces pay uh, to $1.48 billion. Salaries were, uh, were to have ranged from dollars uh, 6300 sorry 500 uh, 563 uh, and uh, what is going on with my numbers of uh, hold on i'm i'm messing up right now <laughs> I, <laughs> what is going on i can't read today honestly i can't read numbers is it 563 thousand five hundred yeah that's the that why can't i read that number and the minimum to at the minimum uh to 36 million for mike trout and garrett cole at the top but the spread would now be about from two hundred and eight thousand seven hundred and four to thirteen thousand uh three hundred thirty three thousand three three hundred thirty three uh so they're going to be earning a bit more than you know that seven thousand that they first had MLB initially had sought last month that its initial economic plan to reduce pay to about $1 billion and players vowed to not give up full prorated pay and proposed a 114 game schedule that amounted to $2.8 billion. The relationship deteriorated back to the level of acronymous labor uh, disputes that led to eight work stoppages from 1972 to 1995. The union has 
has threatened a grievance claiming MLB did not fulfill the provision in March in the March deal requiring the longest season economically feasible, conditioned by several other provisions. MLB would claim the union bargained in bad faith, and in the case would be argued before arbitrator Mark Irving's. That would be a prelude to the expert expiration of the current labor contract, which is December 1st, 2021, which will likely be followed by a lockout. So first time since 94, we'll probably have a lockout. You know, not a big deal. Not like we've this is like a lockout in itself. But hey, MLB's back. You can't be mad at it. Listen, like I'm gonna be very honest with you. I thought we weren't gonna see ball. I was talking to my neighbor yesterday. I said, listen, he said, what's going on with the baseball? I said, I, like, this is just before. I said, I don't know. I'm seeing things that I think I tweeted it out. I retweeted it saying, like, if they don't figure something out, Manfred's just making a schedule. This was over the weekend. I said, I saw that. And then I'm seeing it was last night. So I said, well, now I'm seeing they have agreed to something and they're going to play. I said, it's all over the place. I have to see something kind of official to kind of go along with it. I did. So I said, okay. But this is this was that, that was after I talked. So I said, I don't even know if they're even going to play. He's like, are, like, he said, yeah, I don't even think they're going to play at all. I said, well, I don't know. They're figuring something out right now, so we'll have to wait and see. So I, I'm i just I'm just happy to see baseball back again. Uh, they will be actually playing the games in their home stadiums, kind of like what uh, Bundesliga is doing, just like that. And I, yes, I understand that Germany is a smaller country and you can get to places faster, but that's what's going on. Uh so I'm I'm just happy. And I, I understand I agree with what John Smoltz there said, uh how teams that aren't really given a chance in the 162 game season could still have a chance in the six game season. And I talked about this a few, a few podcasts ago when they kind of first announced the 50 game schedule, the in the neighborhood of 50. I said you could give any team a chance, but you gotta be realistic here. If a team's one and one and nine in the first ten games. They're probably not making the playoffs. Uh, their odds are really low. So the best thing right now to happen to um, the best thing to happen uh, to any team is to start out with a good record. If you could start out with a good record or even a 500 record, you could still have a chance. Uh, so don't take honestly. I would not take any team not seriously unless you're the Marlins or the Orioles. Uh, but don't take any team lightly here. Because this, it could listen. There could be a teams that just flop. There, there could be the Yankees could just flop. I wish, but they could flop. The Dodgers can flop. You know, and any team like heck, the Orioles can make the playoffs. I know I said except don't count the Orioles in, but there, there's a chance. There's a possibility that they can make the playoffs. There's a chance that the Mets can make the playoffs. For God's sake. I mean, the Mets are a good team, anyways. I'm not. I'm not saying they're bad, but you know, you know, Seattle, Seattle could make the playoffs since for the first time since like. Was it 2001 or something like that? Something stupid. So don't count any team out. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see. And I, listen, I'm just happy. July 23rd, 20. I got to start putting these dates in my phone. I just kind of have them in my brain. I know MLS is July 8th. M- NBA is July 30th. NHL is somewhere within August. I I, I, I highly think that they're going to be in August. And then the MLB is July 23rd, 24th now. So those four major sports. The, I, I think soccer is a major sport here in North America now. Those four major sports leagues are coming back within the July area besides hockey, but that's okay. And then September is football. So, listen, I'm just excited. I'm so excited. 
Um, but good news today, or good news yesterday, and kind of the, the celebration today that MLB is back. I had no clue that it would happen, but hey, they did it. All right. When we come back, we're going to have some fun here in the NHL segment and a bit of news on Hub Cities just a little bit. Uh, so we'll be right back with that. Okay, so what? like I said at the start, when I was doing this episode, when I was uh, writing the script, I was at a loss of what news I could put in. I had stuff for the NBA segment, or just one thing for the NBA segment. I had the baseball, obviously. Uh, I had nothing for my second and third segment, and I, and you know, I thought I would have fun with the NHL segment here. Uh, so we're going, we're going to get into a little top ten, top nine list here in just a second. But I first want to announce, like I said at the start of the podcast, or I think I did, yeah, uh, about hub cities. I, I think Pittsburgh is going to be the hub city for the East. Uh, because they kicked out Columbus, uh, and last night they've told Pittsburgh no way. Uh, so Pittsburgh's not going to be Hub City. That means Toronto's the only remaining one in the East. Therefore, I think there's no doubt about that Toronto will be the one in the East. Like I said, the NHL loves Toronto, and Toronto loves the NHL. So I think that's what that's what it will be. Uh, and obviously we still not heard about hub cities. So, and we were supposed to hear on the 22nd, apparently around that time they heard, but nothing's happened. So I'm going to take a big guess that it's going to happen this Friday at the draft lottery. So we'll hear, well, not only will we have the draft lottery that night and I'll be wherever I am, hoping we get a good pick for the Sens. And you know what? I like, I'll, I'll I'll talk about more of the draft lottery on Friday. Like I said, I saw a few things with the draft lottery today when I was doing my research for this episode. But I said I'll leave it. I'll I'll let it. I'll let it. We, honestly, if there's not no news, if there's nothing big, I'm thinking I might do a big draft lottery preview show or something like that. You know what I mean? Just something fun to do with. But anyways, there's six teams. There's six cities remaining. Five of them are in the West. One of them is in the East. Uh, so I think that's Toronto, Edmonton, Vancouver. I think Vegas is still one of them. And I don't know if it was LA or Chicago, but LA or Chicago are still in there. So, or, well, LA and Chicago, that's six. So there you go. But the one team in the East is Toronto. So you could highly expect Gary Bevin's going to say Toronto for the East. And you know what? It'll just be awesome if they say like Edmonton or Vancouver or something. So I think it should be Edmonton anyways. I, or like as a, if, if I had to pick one of the two, I'd probably pick Edmonton. All right, so what I mean by these top 10 lists. So as we're getting close to the NHL draft lottery, and yes, honest to God, I'm probably going to forget about this and do this in a later episode. But I decided today, let's have fun. Let's do our first like top 10 list. And today's top 10 list is the top 10 first overall picks from the last 10 years. So this is going back to 2010. Uh from when Taylor Hall was drafted. I forgot. I did not. I put the years for my next uh, my next uh, rankings list I, I have later in the segment, but I did not put this in the first one. So we're just gonna we're just gonna go off with my brain and uh, what I think about these players. And obviously, yes, I understand players like Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Rasmus Dalin are not really involved yet in NHL esque um uh, 
you know, action. Like a lot of the, the, like, I mean, by the players that the, besides those three, everyone else has had years to play, years to play, years to play. So I'm just going to go along with that. But, and you know, a lot of this is just kind of going off. I didn't really look at stats for this. I just kind of read the name. I said, okay, you go here, you know, okay, you're, you're good. You know, you go farther down. So it's just kind of off my brain and what I think about the player. And so it's, listen, it's my list. You guys have your own list. Uh, just, you know, don't, don't give me a hard time about this. All right. All right, so at number 10, I think everyone could probably put this guy at number 10, uh, Neil Yakupov, absolute bust. Uh, as we've heard from Brian Burke, he wanted to, one of his, uh, Brian Burke's scouts wanted to fight him during his interview. Uh, and he scored that one nice goal for Edmonton, and then he just kind of fell apart. He bounced around. I think he played in St. Louis after that, but we all know the, the Neil Yakupov. We all know him, and he was a bust. I remember though when they came in, he's like, "This guy's the next Ovechkin." I'm being dead serious. Some I've heard some of the some of the people out there were like, "This guy's the next Ovechkin. He's going to be fantastic." But I I remember I remember hearing that this guy can be a problem, or he could be you know a locker room problem, or just kind of a, a I don't want to use the word nuisance, but someone like that in the dressing room. I do remember that. So yeah, Neil Yakubov at number ten. There's no doubt about this. Number nine, I, I've I've given this to Aaron Ekblad now. Aaron Neckblad is no bust or no, like he's just an average player to me. He's no bust. He's no like all-star, right? But I, I think Aaron Neckblad's year is just kind of bad. It wasn't all that, you know, a great draft year. And to be honest, it, it might just be the fact that he plays in Florida and they always are just decently, uh, um, decently like in the middle of the pack. You know, they're never in the, they're barely in the playoffs any anywhere or they're, uh, they're rarely in the playoffs, you know, but they mostly miss the playoffs every year. And honestly, Florida doesn't get much, you know, media down there or much respect, you know, as a franchise, obviously. We all know that with their fans. But I feel like that's why. So Aaron Eckblad, I put you at number nine there. Number eight, and I put Ryan Nugent Hopkins, the next Oilers' first overall pick. Um the Nuge, I mean, when he came in the league, I was like, this guy, he's got the sickest name out there, you know, absolutely sick. But, you know, he never, I don't think he ever came around to who he could have been. His potential was up there. I, I just think he never came around to who he was. And so, I, and I love Edmonton. This is not like an Aaron Eckblad thing where I, I don't really see Florida all that much. or I don't see what they do, but. I love Edmonton. I love watching Edmonton highlights, but the Nuge has just kind of come around now to, uh, on a good team, he would be around the third liner. And that's just, that's just the sad fact. Uh, but no, he, like, I'm not saying once again, no, I nail Yakupov was the only bust. There's no, there's no question about that. Everyone else on this list is a solid player, you know, average up player. And I feel like Nuge is just kind of one of those, you know, and I feel like his his potential and his skill has kind of been over, overshadowed now by the, the now few, the now the the you know the draft picks after him in the in the years later on. But that just happens, I think. So yeah, that's that's why I have him at number eight. Okay, so number six, uh, seven, six, seven, six, and five. I put the last three years because one, I can't say if they're a bust because. Obviously, they haven't played that long in the league. Uh, number two, 
right? I, 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 why am I saying number two? I think that's the only reason why is that they haven't played a lot of games. So I just kind of put the middle of the pack, but I've ordered them in the uh, in the ways uh, in the order that I think they're they're skill wise. So at number seven, I put Dalene. Dalene was the first overall pick, right, in Buffalo in 2018. Um, highly touted defenseman coming in the league. Uh, I'm I'm still kind of I'm gonna be very honest with you. If he did not, to be honest, after the 2018 season, 2018, 2019 season, I think he was one of the Rookie of the Year nominations, if I'm not mistaken. He did not deserve to be there on my part. Now, it could be my local biasm by saying Brady Kachuk should have been there. But if you look at the stats, look at the point numbers, look at the playing, Brady Kachuk had a better season than Dalene did. And I'm going to be very honest with you. You could watch... I, I have been to multiple, since he's been drafted, I've been to multiple games, two, two years in a row, I think, I in that, no. Yeah, two years in a row where he, he I've seen Buffalo games. I've seen Sens versus Buffalo games. And once again, this could be biasm or not, but I don't recognize him on the ice. I don't, like, yes, you could recognize him on the ice, but he doesn't, like, it's not like when he has the puck, I go, oh boy, here we go. You know, here we're, tr- we're in trouble or, you know, like everyone had, you know, you could you could tell when someone you know is on the ice, and I could recognize once again. It's, this could be my biasm. I could recognize Brady Kachuk faster than I could recognize Rasmus Dahlin, but that could just be me. And I'm gonna go back to this game and not include my biasm here. But once again, even in highlights, I'm like, I don't see him. Like I, I don't see him if I'm watching a Sabres game that's just somehow on TV. I don't recognize him. You know, it's not like. Like I said, it's not like as soon as he's on the ice, we're like you're like, oh, there he is. It's not like a Crosby. Crosby can have the puck and you still recognize him on the ice. I can't recognize Dalene. Now, once again, that's a terrible comparison. Might be comparing Crosby to Dalene, but th- that's what I kind of mean. Then number six, I put Jack Hughes, uh, the Devil. That was the first overall pick last year. He yes, he had a kind of a, a a a wonky rookie season, which is not good because usually the sophomore year they're even like look at Colin White, you know, wacky sophomore year. So Jack Hughes, if you don't have a good, you know, sophomore year, man, oh, they're in trouble there. Uh, and then number five, well, I should say I do think Quinn Hughes is better than Jack Hughes. That's just personally me. Now Quinn Hughes has played more time in the league than Jack, but. I feel like Quinn will be the more um, um, skilled brother. Unless Jack just goes off and then I'm completely wrong. Come back to this clip when Jack wins like five cups in a row. I don't know. All right. Nico Heischer at number five. When, who is the guy that Nico Heischer was up against in that draft? Oh, I got to look this up again. Sweet Jesus. Anyways, when Nico Heischer was drafted... I was like, "Jesus, kid is." Hang on, I gotta. Hang on, I gotta. I gotta focus while I type his name up here. Spelt it wrong. That's okay. Nico Heischer to me. Uh, hang on. It's a 2017 draft. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Oh yeah, that's who. Nolan Patrick. I remember when. Um, Uh, 
I remember when going into the draft, people were like, who will be Nolan Patrick, Nico Heischer. Personally, I would rather have Nico Heischer. I feel like the Devils made a great pick there. Uh, just on this list, I think he could be at number five. Just be, once I said once again because he hasn't played a long time in the league. I just don't know what his full potential is, or you know, just how he is completely as a player. But I th- I'd rather have him over Nolan Patrick because what has Nolan Patrick really done? Yes, the Flyers are good now. They're in a playoff spot. They're in top four in the East. But I, I like a lot of the like once again a lot of the Flyers highlights that I see. I don't recognize Nolan Patrick. Like, listen, I'm really excited when I see highlights and I see, you know, highlights of like the the one of the young draft picks, you know, something like that. But I did not recognize. I don't recognize Nolan Patrick out there as much as I would recognize Nico Heischer. And you know, I think I think that once again, I think the Devils made a nice pick there with Nico Heischer. All right, number four, I said Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall, to me, honestly, and my buddy and I have had an argument on this of why, uh, you know, why Taylor Hall deserves more respect or what, or I forget what the basis of the argument was. But I said, I said he wasn't able to show his full potential because, uh, or I forget what the argument was. But anyways, it was, it was, you know, Taylor Hall. I just feel like they should. Well, number one, they should not have traded him in the first place. That was stupid. But uh, Taylor Hall, you know, I, I I'm trying to find the words. He's he's kind of his potential's absolutely exploded now, right? Because he's won an MVP, and you know now he's with Arizona, and that would be tough. I mean, I bet he he's a star player in Arizona, right? In Arizona. Are they in the playoffs? Yeah, they're in the playoffs. Arizona's in the playoffs. So, I mean, but in his time in Edmonton, I feel like was just ruined because he had a bad, he had bad, he was on a bad team. And, you know, I mean, imagine him playing with McDavid, though. That would be just sick. Crazy. They traded away a guy who's won MVP. They traded him away from a team that had uh, Gar McDavid. We're going to get to Connor soon enough. So, you know, Taylor Hall, why am I trying to find, why am I, why can I not find words for Taylor Hall? Star player, uh, I'll just, I'll just try and sum it up. Star player just kind of ruined from the start with Edmonton just being, they couldn't, they, Edmonton could not build a team around him. They just couldn't. And maybe that could be one of the reasons why they traded him away. I don't know. But uh, yeah, Taylor Hall. At number three, I said Austin Matthews. Now, I mean, I think that's pretty much a give. Austin Matthews just has one hell of a shot. I mean, he still ha- he kind of has that. Now, I mean, all draft picks are, you know, they're all kids when they get drafted, right? They're not, like, mature men when they, like, they're not fully mature men when they, you know, get up. Like, when they, when they uh, you know, get drafted, you know, they're still kind of young and all that. They're only 18, 19, right? 17 for that matter. Uh, I mean, Austin Matthews can, he's a great player already. I, I think, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind about that, but I, I do think if he wants to become a better player and more well-respected around the league, he has to kind of pull up his pants or like the, well, he, he does have to pull up his pants. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> 
so exactly. He has to pull up his pants. He can't be mooning security guards, man. Come on. That's why that's why the NHL has the possibility to be ruined. Now I don't think it will happen, but there's a slight possibility it can be ruined by immature idiots. Because I'm gonna tell you something. When I play hockey, I played on teams. I played on teams where a bunch of now I'm not saying I I, I played housing my entire life and you know half the kids give a rat's ass, but you know a lot of the kids were just so ignorant and you know so uh, you know foolish and so it's kind of I could kind of see that there's a I'm I'm not saying it's a big possibility at all. But that is one thing that could bring the NHL's uh, reputation down is foolishness like what happened to Austin Matthews this past summer. So they have to figure it out or else it's not happening. I am really – I'm 15 minutes out here and I still have my other <laughs> thing to go. That might have to be saved for another day. All right, number two, Nathan McKinnon. I know. You know Nathan McKinnon. We all know Nathan McKinnon. Fast, you know. I think since Duchesne left, I feel like he was able to shine more. And man, has he able to shine. You see how fast he skates? I've seen him in action and they got a Sens game. Oh, my days. The stick handling. Six shot. You know, just. Oh. Didn't he win the league MVP or was he nominated for that like in the past few years? It's Nathan McKinnon. You know what I'm talking about. And the number one, you know the rest. Austin, or not Austin Matthews. <laughs> you guys, all you Leafs fans wish. No, Connor McDavido. Listen, Connor McDavid is just, once again, seen him in action. This guy is just, oh my days. Like, it's like, oh. I don't, I have no words for Connor McDavid, how fast he is. You know, his stick handling speed. It's like, I, Connor McDavid is just a better Nathan McKinnon. That's my comparison. He's just a better Nathan McKinnon. And Edmonton, they already have him for another, like, what, 10 years or something like that? Something stupid. So they're locked down. So good times ahead in Edmonton, hopefully. And in these playoffs, they're the fifth best team in the West, and hopefully they could come down with the dub. All right. Then, so that's that's my top 10 first overall picks in the last 10 years. And then I wanted to have fun because, obviously, like I already talked about my bison for the Sens. Uh, I said the top sends first round picks from the last 10 years. Now, Ottawa did not have a draft pick in 2010. Uh, they've only had draft picks from 2011 up, and a lot of their draft picks have not played for them. Uh, they've not played a game in the NHL yet or have played for them at all. I'm looking at you, Shane Bowers, for not playing with them at all. And I'm looking at Lassie Thompson, Bernard Docker, for the players who have yet to be played a game in a regular season. So at number nine, I'm going to go try and go fast with this. Number nine, Stefan Nosen. And like his name entitles, entitles Nosen. He never played a game with the Sens at all. He's now playing for the Sharks. Number eight, Matt Pumple. I remember when we drafted Matt Pumple, and that was kind of like a, you know, we, I feel like we have a good, strong, like, core depth player there. And in 2016-17, we traded him. Was he involved with the Broussard trade? No. Was he? I forget, but we traded him away. I think he went to the. I think he went to the Rangers. I did he not. I forget. Anyways, the number sixteen Logan Brown. I remember when we drafted Logan Brown, and we we're like, "Oh yeah, here we go. We got Brown." Brown has not been able to grow at all. His potential has absolutely like dropped. Uh, I mean, hopefully he has a chance to crack the roster, but he's big man. 
He's got to start to get physical. He's got to get that speed up. And listen, then he could be good. He's just got to work on that. And there you go. But Logan Brown has not been able to grow as much as he has, uh, you know, since he's been drafted. Number six, Curtis Lazar. I, to be honest, fan favorite. Besides the fact that he ate a burger off the ice after the Hamburglar won a game. I mean, I think he was just, I, you know, I, I like Curtis Lazar. I think he was a cool dude. So we, we got him in 2013. I forgot to mention Stefan Nosen and Matt Pumple were 2011 each. Logan Brown was 2016. And in 2013, we had Curtis Lazar. Number five. I don't want to put this guy at number five, but I have to because he was just on the team and he was he was good enough. Listen, this is we're getting to the point where players are good now to play on the team. Cody CC, 2012. Listen, I was so excited when we got Cody CC in 2012. Now there were, I think there were better players after Cody CC. Uh, but I was just excited because, oh, you know, 67s player, you know, oh, that's that's cool. You know, hometown guy. Man, I wish I could take that back. I hated Cozy CC. He could not play the damn game. He could not even play the fence. I'm happy he's with the Leafs now. I'm happy the Leafs fans get to suffer of how dumb he just is on the fence. His defensive IQ is terrible. And, you know, when he's playing with the Sens, I was just like, oh, my God. He's on the ice. I'm happy he was the second pairing, so I got to see Carlson and thought more. So that's it. All right, number four from 2015, one of the first, uh, one of the two from 2015, Colin White. Colin White has kind of had a low sophomore year, kind of a rough sophomore year. Uh, so I mean, I can't give the guy hard times, but I feel like in the future, Colin White will become a great strategic uh, uh, face-off man as a center. Uh, you know, I feel like he can be used down the stretch in a game. You know, if you got to win a big face-off, take the Colin White. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like Colin White personally. I, I remember when, when he played his first game, I was like, let's go, baby. Let's go, Colin White. Fire it up. Number three, Brady Chuck. I'm going to be very honest with you straight up here. There's a video that my sister has of me. Absolutely mad that when we drafted Brady Chuck, I was so mad because I wanted uh, Philip Zadina. Philip Zanita now is playing on the Red Wings, for God's sakes. And I think he's in their AHL system for more than the year. So, I mean, I'm, ha- I'm happy now. I love Brady Kachuk. I, I love him now. But when they were dra- when they drafted him, I was like, oh, come on. You got to be serious right now. Anyways, Brady Kachuk, 2018. The number two from the 2015 draft. Second, the, the, the earlier pick before Colin White, Mr. Thomas Shabbat. This man is going to grow. He... Him and Brady are up for the captaincy uh, for this next year because DJ Smith said they're going to have a captain or there's a chance that they could have a captain. Uh, so one uh, another part of the big piece of the young core and Thomas Shabbat, just a stellar offensive defenseman. And I can't wait to see what the future holds for these Sens, man. And then number one uh, from 2011, Mika Zibanejad, pick number six. We could have gone with Mark Shifley. Mark Shifley was picked after Mika Zibanejad. So that kind of sucks. But Mika, you know, once again, a great center that we had. He was involved with the Broussard trade. Uh, I knew he was, uh, not Matt Pumple. I just, I didn't know who we traded Matt Pumple for. I think it was like a draft pick or something. Anyways, Mika Zabanj had one hell of an offensive player. I had a friend who, uh, I had a friend, I have a friend uh, that absolutely loved him as a player. And I think he got his jersey signed by him uh, just before, the year before he left. Uh and then actually, he's a DJ. He DJed an auto. I remember my cousin saying, "Yeah, we were just out chilling, and this guy's DJing at the at, at a at a bar." I was like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Wow." So, 
anyways, those are my top nine, technically. Uh, you know, obviously, like I said, Arnold mentioned Shane Bowers, Lassie Thompson, uh, Jacob Bernard Docker, but those are the ones who have at least played uh, in, you know, the NHL uh, of some of some time. All right, so uh, too long. So after I thought this episode would be short, it's not. All right, so that's all I have for the NHL stuff today. I was just having fun. When we come back, uh, segment three will be about uh, the Lakers and how one of their players is sitting out for the playoffs or for the rest of the year or whatever. And who could his replacement be? So we'll be right back with that. Okay, I have just looked at my phone to uh, check to see if I missed anything. And oh my lord, will the What I Missed segment have uh, me very uh, mad. Um, Anyways, the NBA. Uh, You guys thought it was when I said Lakers. You're like, oh, LeBron ain't playing. No, no, no. A.B. Bradley is sitting out the NBA's restart in Florida. Um, He said this. uh, He told ESPN Tuesday night that he wants to remain with his wife and three kids, including a six-year-old son with a history of respiratory illnesses. Uh, so by sitting out, Bradley uh, will lose a projected of $650,000 uh, in his salary. Uh, Bradley averaged 8.6 points, 2.3 rebounds, uh, while starting 44 games before the season was shut down uh, due to the pandemic. Uh, as the Lakers are the number one seed heading into the Western Conference uh, as the as the teams re- as the 22 team restart is close to resuming. I can't imagine making any decision that might put my family's health and well-being at even the slightest risk. Uh, he told ESPN as promised. Also, I will use the same as I'll use this time away to focus on the formation of projects to help strengthen my communities. Uh, him and Kyrie Irving have been vocal about, uh, you know, the social injustice and the racial issues. So he's going to keep try and keep that uh, going. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski said this though last night, uh, as you could replace those players who opt out uh, for, you know, those good reasons. Uh, my man, J.R. Smith uh, is the leading candidate to take a spot. Smith, who's 34, uh, has not played this year at all. Uh, and he was a starter on the Cavaliers team that won a title in 2016. And so J.R. Smith... Listen, I agree with Avery Bradley. If you have a family member that has that problem and, you know, and you want to be with your wife and free kids and, you know, I'm fine with that. That's, that's perfectly fine with me. And I'm and the league says that's perfectly fine too. But Jared Smith, remember the last time he played LeBron? Do you guys remember the last time he played with LeBron? I think we all remember what happened. The time was ticking down. LeBron is pointing to the hoop, and J.R. Smith is running the other way with the ball. The clock runs out. LeBron said, what are you doing? And he said, I thought we had the lead. The game was tied going to overtime. It was 2018. Cavaliers ended up being swept after their game one loss to the Golden State Warriors in the 2018 final, which made us Raptors fans pretty happy for the second year in a row. Anyways, so listen, J.R. Smith, man, I hope you've been off the Henny. 
because we all know apparently it's been rumored that he likes drinking the Hennessy. Uh, but J.R. Smith, I hope you've not been drinking the Hennessy, man, and I hope your brain's okay and you won't do anything like that again. Uh, so <laughs> good on J.R. I like J.R. He's just a funny guy. But that moment there, oh, my days. That <laughs> that moment is going to go down in history as one of the greatest oopsie-daisies in history. All right. I know this is short, but this episode's actually, I don't want to, you know, prolong this episode too, too long. And we have one more uh, segment to go here. I know this is a very short segment, but <laughs> I just want to do that. All right. So when we come back here from this short little uh, segment, this little break here, uh, we're going to have some news about Josie Altador of Toronto FC as he's coming back from his quarantine to train. Okay, so last segment of the day here. And like I said, this is about Josie Altador, Altador not Altador. Uh, as he's returning to his individual training after his quarantine. Uh, and as as now it's all of their players are back at the, the North Training Center that they have there. As the U.S. International has been in this Florida home until last Wednesday when he came north via a private jet to rejoin the team. A club spokesman said Altador is training on his own while fulfilling a two-week quarantine and will rejoin the club's full training sessions when that is over. Uh, defender Toronto defender Laurent Seaman, a former Impact player, spent some time with his family home in Montreal during the training hiatus due to the global pandemic, but has been back with the team for some time now. Uh, Toronto and the other 25 teams are preparing for the MLS's back tournament, which runs through July, which, run, which runs July 8th through August 11th at the ESPN Wild Water Sports Complex at Disney World Resort in Orlando, Florida. As we know, Toronto is matched up between with Montreal, England, New England, not England, Montreal, New England, and DC United in Group C in that World Cup style tournament. The MLS tournament will be played before empty stands marks the resumption of the league's 25th season, which, like all, like almost every league, was halted March 12th. The hope, the hope is the league, once Florida the tournament is completed, can, can continue the regular season with a revised schedule in their home markets. The tournament, which carries uh, which carries a 1.1 million dollar US dollar prize pool, will see teams play three group stages, groups group stage matches across 16 days. The top two in each of the six groups, along with the four best third place finishers, will then move on to the knockout stage, the round of 16, quarterfinals, semifinals, and then the finals, and so on. Uh, as the three group matches will actually count towards the regular season standings, and the tournament winner will actually earn a spot in the Concacaf Champions League. And so, listen, I've already mentioned a lot of the stuff I just mentioned, but it's good to have Josie Altidore back. Um, good thing he got out of Florida in time uh, for obvious reasons. We already know that. So, yeah, good on, uh, you know, so now that TFC's back, you know, once they get their full team training going up again, that's going to be good for, you know, team chemistry, obviously. You know, obviously they, they already have chemistry with each other, but, you know, after being away from a few months, they're going to have to have – you know, that chemistry kind of back to normal. Uh, so, yeah, TFC almost back to normal. Like I said, uh, that tournament is two weeks away. We are two weeks from soccer being played back here or sports being played back here in North America for the first time in a long time. So strap on your boots, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be a pretty, pretty, pretty fun ride uh, this summer. All right, so when we come back, uh, 
we're gonna have the what I missed, and oh boy, I already know what I missed, and I might be pretty mad. So I'll be back right after this. I'm going to get into this more on Friday. The class of 2020 has been announced today. Not to my liking. I mean, there's players in here, yes, I agree with, but a lot of it, not to my liking. Congratulations to Marion Hosa, Kim St. Pierre of the Women's National Canadians team, Jerome McGinley, Kevin Lowe, Doug Wilson, and Ken Holland, as he's going in as a builder, you guys are the class of 2020 to the Hockey Hall of Fame. There's there's one player, there's one player who is not on this list. Mr. Daniel Alfredson. And once again, my biasism could be through the roof. I don't care. This is, I, I don't understand why they allow this. I don't understand why they allow this. Why do they allow uh, uh, people into the Hall of Fame who are still active in the league? They ruined a building. They ruined a spot on the Hall of Fame last year just to get Gary Bettman in there. He's still involved. Yes, Doug Wilson, he played. He's a GM, but he's still involved. Ken Holland, GM of the Oilers. Still involved with the league. Daniel Alfred, on the other hand, he left Ottawa because, for you know, you could just give obvious reasons. He left Ottawa. He's not involved with. Yes, if he's inducted and he goes back, okay, that so what? Daniel Alfredson has is not even involved with the league anymore. Kevin Lowe, I know, I know, I know, Kevin Lowe is a player, but hang on. Well, he's a vice chairman with the Oilers. I mean, that's 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 a rough patch there. Kim St. Pierre, I don't know what she's done. Jerome, not doing anything. Marion Hosa, retired. Those three, okay. Kevin Lowe, ugh. Doug Wilson, you're still GM. You're still active. I mean, you've played. Okay, good for you, but I don't know. Ken Holland, get out of here. I am so sorry. You're still active. In the league. And you could say. Well what are they going to do. Just induct them when they die. They could do that. I'm just kind of mad right now. That Danny Alfredson is not in the Hockey Hall of Fame. And I don't. You can't say. Oh he didn't win a cup. Jerome Dignano didn't win a cup. So. What does that tell you? I'm going to get into this more on Friday. I'm going to have a very strong opinion on Friday. Friday. I'm not talking about anything else except for hockey. I'm being very serious there unless unless something big happens. But I'm not talking about hockey. That's my plan for right now. On Friday, it's going to be full draft lottery, and that's it. And this, all my days. Anyways, I'm not going to – I keep looking at it. I'm getting pissed off. All right. I'd like to thank you guys all for listening to this podcast. Uh, this, this is a sports talk podcast. Uh, I'd like to thank you guys all for listening. I, I just said that. Why am I saying it again? Whether you're listening to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, CastBox, Breaker, 
wherever, or even here on the Anchor website. If you want to listen to here on the Anchor website, or if you want to send me questions or whatnot, you could go to the website, anchor.fm forward slash podcast sports talk. It will take you there. And it probably, I think you could look up on the website if you want to ask me a question. Or if you just want to go directly and you don't want to really search or you want to be lazy, just go to my Twitter at Adam underscore Zucala. That is Z-U-C-C-A-L-A. Click on the pinned tweet, the link on the pinned tweet there. It will take you right to the homepage of this podcast, and it will just flash up saying, do you want to send the message? And then you could voice your message in, and there you go. All right. That's all I have for today. Friday, like I said, my plan is for hockey. That's it. Uh, so I'm excited. I hope you guys are for Friday, and I'll see you guys all then. Take care now. Peace. We'll be right